0: Capo. I
1: do you need it? Without a doubt.
0: Good news, PC. It's all Blink one eighty two this morning. Little Jimmy E world as well. All good? All right, good morning everyone good to see you on this, the first Sunday of March. Can you believe that? It's already March 2022. I'm grateful to see you and I want to invite you to stand as we worship our awesome God together. Here we go. We're going to get our hands together, get them nice and warmed up. Here we go. Just like this. Every time you hear that snare drum, that's, that's your cue, okay? Praise Him.
2: Praise Him, you stars above,
0: galaxies
2: all in motion. Praise Him, you thunder clouds, ringing throughout the heavens, from every mountain top to every wild ocean. Oh, hear all the universe sing praise. Oh, sing praise, let everything that breathes, let all the earth proclaim, great is the Lord our God, praise Him forever,
3: let all that is
2: within me magnify His name, great is the Lord our God. Praise Him forever. Praise Him forever. Praise Him, you beating hearts. Sing for the life He's given. Praise Him, you rescued ones. Join in the sound of heaven every mountain top to every wild ocean oh hear all the universe sing great sing it out now oh sing praise. everything that breathes let all the earth proclaim. great is the Lord our God praise him Praise Him forever. Let all that is within me magnify His name. Great is the Lord our God. Praise Him forever. Oh, praise Him forever.
0: Lots to praise Him for, lots to be grateful for. That's what this next song is about, encouraging us to have hearts of gratitude. When I'm grateful, when I choose to be grateful, I don't complain as much. How about that? That's weird. Here we go. This is the day that you have
2: made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name, and now your joy awaits my praise. I give thanks here we go. I give thanks for all you have done, and I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing, Lord. I am grateful. Lord, I am grateful. I was down when I was down. You brought me out. You set my feet on higher ground. So here I stand. You are my God.
1: Your faithfulness, my solid rock.
2: And we give thanks give thanks for all you have done, and I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing, Lord, I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done, I won't forget all the battles you have won. Your love is unfailing, Lord, I am grateful. time now. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done. I won't forget all the battles I am grateful. Lord, I am grateful.
0: Praise the Lord. Why don't you have a seat for a moment? Speaking of things I am grateful for, I'd love to invite my wife Carolyn up here to the stage. And she's going to lead us in a time of revival prayer. Carolyn? How about a microphone? Sorry.
4: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Amen. Amen. Well, today's a special day. Um, It's good to be in the house of the Lord. So this morning, um, I want to turn our attention to prayer, and specifically the prayer of revival. You know, I've been thinking about about revival, and when I think of revival, I also think of um, the word restoration, revival and restoration. And revival is defined as an improvement and then condition or strength of something. And restoration is the act of returning something to a former place or condition. So when something is revived or restored, it is brought back. When believers experience revival It's an improvement in the condition of our hearts. It's bringing us back to a heart that is fully devoted to God. When revival sweeps a city, a state, a country, it is a fresh awakening, an improvement in the condition of the heart of a nation. It's restoring people to God's intent, which is relationship. Restoration is only a prayer away, and revival is only a prayer away. It starts with us, and it starts with prayer. It starts with us doing business before God, and it starts with us dealing with our own sin. You see, when we come and want to pray for our nation and we want to pray for a rival in our city, we need to start with ourselves. We need to we need to um, seek forgiveness, and that's what it tells us to do in His Word. He says, "You know, turn from your wicked ways and pray, and then I will look to you and I will heal your land." So. It starts with us. And in the book of Hosea, we see steps necessary for God's people to be restored to him in fellowship. It starts with one, by returning to the Lord. You see, if God seems distant, it's us that has moved. And then secondly, we need to confess our sins to the Lord. And then we need to put our confidence in the Lord and lean on the rock that can never be moved. To see revival, these steps are necessary. Yeah. As we live this out and experience the closeness of God, we turn our attention to God healing our nation and our world. If we look around, we see a world that is far from God. So we pray for revival in nations, but we must remember to have a holy country. You must first have holy citizens and we pray righteousness. Would replace wickedness. We pray that people's relationships with God would be revived, that we, the church, would draw near to God and stay there, impacting the lives of our families, our neighbors, our country, and our nation. You see, we can put our time and energy into so many things, but truthfully, there's only one thing that matters. There's only one thing that's going to heaven, and that is people, that is souls. Our friends and family who don't have a relationship with Jesus need us praying for them. Our city and our world that is lost and is hurting needs us praying. So today we're looking at... P.C.'s going to actually be bringing and talking to us about gentleness and the gentleness of Jesus and how he wants us to come to him when we are weary and burdened. And if we look at our world and we look at what's going on around us, we may feel heavy and burdened. Sin is heavy. And the brokenness of our world is heavy, and Jesus is gentle, and Jesus is waiting. So right now, I'd like you to join me in praying. Father God, we come before you. You alone are worthy of all glory and all honor and praise. And we confess, Lord, our sins. We confess our offenses. We repent, Lord, of our pride um, and those things, God, that just separate us from you. We recognize if we are far from you, it's because we've moved. May we as a people, as a nation, repent of our sin and turn to you. And then, God, turn your eye upon us, forgive us and heal our land. Lord, revive us, restore our hearts, awaken the church, Lord, awaken this nation and save. May we live for you, love others. And with your love, may we honor you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we get to take a moment and greet each other. Um, I'm so glad that we get to do that. It's so good to see everybody here this morning. So take a moment moment, and say good morning to someone, um, and just let them know you're glad to see them.
0: Folks, let's make our way back to our seats. Awesome to see all of you connecting. So important to find connection, to seek it out, especially over the events of the last couple of years. This next one is one we haven't done in quite a while, and Elsa's is going to take the lead on it. And I want to invite you to stand, please. Let's invite Jesus to be the king of our hearts.
5: the team.
2: My song, you are good. You are good.
0: Gonna let. You're never gonna let. Never
1: gonna let
2: me down. You're never gonna let. Never gonna let me down. Sing it again now. You're never gonna let. Never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. Never gonna let me down.
1: You are good.
3: Father, we thank you so much, and we pray that this is our anthem to you. We thank you and cling to you and hold on to you, and we just want to always remember you are there for us. You are not against us, but you are for us, and we just pray that as we listen to your word, as PC brings us your message to us through gentleness, that we just really um, open our hearts and take that in and be able to live it out throughout the rest of this week and um, just filter that into our lives. Father, I thank you so much again for this day. Thank you that you are king of our hearts and you only want good for us. And we pray this all in your precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Elsie. Everyone, you can have a seat. And before I invite PC up to continue our series on life in the spirit, I would love to share with you, as we've been doing each week, from the book of Galatians, Chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. This is from the New International Version. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before That those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Those are good words. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want to be a people, a church that is led by the Spirit, that lives in by the Spirit that keeps in step with the Spirit. And we want to be people who, whose lives produce this kind of fruit by the power of the Spirit so that people can see Jesus in us. So help us to do that in your power. I pray for PC as he speaks to us today. I pray that you would give him clarity and wisdom and grace and courage as he brings your word. And I pray that we would have fertile hearts, that we would listen with open ears, have ears to hear, and put into practice in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. Will you welcome back to SVC, P.C. Walker.
6: Good morning. It's good to see you all. Uh, and see literally see most of you this time. It's nice, right? Not just like here. Uh it's good to see you all. Um I am excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here with you all. Um uh yeah, let's see. Uh my family is not here with me today because they are they are working their way out of a cold. Uh and it is almost gone and I was I want them to go to school tomorrow. So, uh, so I was like, just stay home, rest one more day, and, uh, go to school tomorrow. Please, go to school tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so that's why they're not here with me today. Uh, some of you parents, uh, know what I'm talking about. So, um, anyway, uh, I am, I'm excited to keep going in uh, in the series that you guys have already been in as far as talking about the fruits of the Spirit and really spending time with what does it mean to be led by the Spirit and to see the fruits come through in our life. And, um, and I know that you've been doing that uh, for a while, and I'm going to continue in that series and talk about today's fruit, as it were. Uh, but before I speak to the specific fruit that I have for you today, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, I want to I want you to allow me to say a couple things about fruit in general. I'm going to tell you three things about fruit in general today. First of all, there are some conditions in which certain fruits grow naturally, where other fruits cannot survive without a very intentional cultivation in those same circumstances. Some fruits need specific soil, Uh, a specific climate, and they will just thrive naturally in that, that, that condition, while other fruits would really need special care and cultivation if they were planted in those same circumstances. And as you take a closer look at all of the fruits of the Spirit, there will be some that are just natural to you, because it's just kind of who you are. And there will be other fruits that are not so natural to you. And there will be other fruits that in those cases, when it's not so natural, those fruits need specific care from the Holy Spirit to cultivate them in your life. And you will likely find yourself on one of those sides and one of those two spaces with today's fruit, which is gentleness. And if we, if we come to that space, we either come naturally uh, from you those those spirits either come v- that that fruit either comes very naturally to you or it is something that needs to be cultivated a little bit more specifically from the Holy Spirit in you working to cultivate it in you and When we think about gentleness in that fashion, you can think about it like this: uh, Some of you can sit in a theater and watch the same movie with the person next to you, and you could sit there and one of you could watch this movie and be sobbing through the entire movie, just really invested in it. And the other of you is thinking, how much would I really miss if I ran and got popcorn like right now? (laughs) One of you can sit and watch a movie and empathize with every character and you are tender-hearted in that moment. You sit with the characters you feel when they hurt. And the other of you is a little bit maybe more hard-hearted in that circumstance. And you don't let the pain and the tears of other people affect you. And that's, that's, that's the case. It's just going to be we, we all fall in one of those two sides. And, and it's okay to fall in one of those two sides. Uh, But regardless of which category you fall into, regarding today's fruit or any of the fruits, the point is that there are some fruits of the Spirit that just come naturally to each of us. And in that case, the ones that don't come naturally to us, it's very important that we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And say, and no, it's important that I have this grow in my life. It's just not natural to me. It doesn't come as easily. It doesn't come as naturally to me. So the point is that if you hear about today's fruit or any of the other fruits and you think to yourself, well, that one just ain't me, well, then that means it's important that you rely on the Spirit so that that one can continue to grow and to be cultivated. In my heart and in my life, in the way that I live. And so today we'll talk about gentleness. But before we do, let's look again, real quickly, at the list. Uh, I was going to read all of all of that that whole section, but Matt already read that for us. So uh, let's just let's just look at the list again, uh, so that we have them all in the same space. It's always important when you read a verse. Uh, this is just like. Bible hermeneutics 101. When you read one verse, you should read all the surrounding verses. Uh, get that context. So, uh, so when we are reading about this, let's start in, let's see, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. In verse 23, gentleness and self-control against such things. There is no law, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. This word gentleness, when you look at it and specifically within this this, this context, when you look at the word gentleness that was used in the writing of this passage, uh, the translation is huge when it comes to uh, the amount of English words that translate toward its truest meaning. Some of those words in our English language have come to be like moderation or humility, forbearance, courtesy, being considerate, meek, or kind, Uh, even some translations say like kind of like a sweet disposition about you. And it's important for us as Christ followers, though, if we read all of this context and regardless of where we are reading in the scripture, if we are followers of Jesus, We should take every bit of Scripture and every bit of things that we do in our life, and we should consider the way that Jesus lived each one of those out. So if we are Christ followers, it's important for us to see the spirit of gentleness in the way that Jesus lived his life, in the way that Jesus commanded that we live our lives. We see this gentleness in several moments of Jesus' life when we see through Scripture, when we read through the Gospels. We see it in the way that Jesus deals with despised sinners of his day. Even Zacchaeus, who is a hated tax collector, is receiving gentleness from Jesus. Jesus treats him with a very tender consideration and gives Zacchaeus every chance to speak for himself in certain moments. When the Pharisees are ready to To stone and kill a woman who is caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus is gentle and did not put her on blast, forgives her and tells her to go and sin no more. The the, the, the gentle person after Jesus' heart is the one who takes all of the facts into consideration. The hard-hearted ones are the ones who are quick to make absolute judgments regardless of the circumstances. And again, we all fall on one side or the other, naturally. A non-gentle Jesus would have had that woman killed on the spot. If if everyone's jumping to this conclusion, we should just kill her right now. A hard-hearted, non-gentle Jesus would have just had the woman killed on the spot, and then maybe later we would have reflected on the full circumstances that were actually a little strange, like how interesting that the man who was also caught in the very act of adultery has not been brought before everybody. And we think about these things, and we see how a The gentleness of Jesus steps into this moment and can see the full circumstance. He can see the full circumstance that this woman was being used by the Pharisees. They didn't care about her fate. They didn't care about who she was. They didn't care about the other person that was caught in this very act. They just wanted to trap Jesus. That's all that mattered. And Jesus notices the full circumstance of this moment. It's not that she wasn't guilty, but Jesus saw the full circumstance that led to this moment. A gentle person can look at the whole picture. A gentle person does not make huge decisions based on half-truths. And a gentle person doesn't jump to a conclusion that hurts and harms people. And so often... Uh, I've been given this chance to uh, teach a lot of, do a lot of trainings and a lot of workshops, uh, especially as I continue in my education and my doctoral degree, I'm working, uh, working on meeting in transformative moments with people. And I get to do a lot of workshops that, uh, that, that deal with uh, a lot of difficult conversations, but then also some deeper conversations that, that challenge us to step into some difficult spaces for us. And I have, always started every workshop or training that I do I always have two ground rules that get after this and one the first rule is I want a commitment from everyone in the room when I do a workshop or a training I have a commitment from everyone in the room that they will value the relationship over being right and it's very important if we really want to care about people around us And if we want to step into really difficult circumstances, it's important for me. If you and I are in the space that's going to be really difficult and we don't completely see eye to eye, it's important for me to come in here knowing I value our relationship more than me being right about something. The second rule that I always have as a ground rule is that every time you come to this session or every time you come to this training, that you come with a spirit of curiosity instead of a spirit of judgment. Because if I want to come into this space wanting to hear from you, even if I know that I disagree with you, if I have a curiosity of like, how did you get to that point? We can move forward instead of me coming in saying, well, they're wrong. They're already wrong. I already know they're wrong. So I always have these two rules. And if you hear something negative about a person and you immediately condemn them and judge them without fully understanding the fullest context that got them to that point, then you don't have a gentle spirit. That's not what gentleness looks like. A gentle spirit is patient. And you will have to get all of the facts before you can can make big decisions about a person. Even if all the facts lead to a negative perspective. Even if all of the facts support a negative perspective of the person and shows that the person really is truly wrong, then the gentle person is still able to weigh out all of the circumstances. Give that person every consideration possible before I make a judgment. And that's what it's meant to have this fruit of of gentleness. But notice how it's really connected to some of the other fruits. It's really connected to patience, which is in this translation that I read, not in the NIV, but in the ESV, one of the, spirit, one of the fruits is translated as patience, and it works together. The gentleness of a person weighs out all of the cir- circumstances is willing to give a human being all consideration possible before I make a judgment. So I told you one thing very general about fruit in general. Um, Paul consistently refers to the fruit of gentleness throughout all of scripture when he's writing. He, he wasn't especially gifted at fruit, at this fruit. Um, if you read the history of Paul and you read the way that he did things, he wasn't especially a gentle person, but he talked about gentleness quite a bit. There's these great conflicts and arguments in the church that are growing over and over and over again in the early church. And some of them were arguments about Paul himself, like who does he think he is to come and tell us how to do things? All right. Uh, who does Paul even think he is? And he responds to that conflict. He responds to that argument. And again, this is where we see uh, he responds to it in 2 Corinthians, and you begin to see like there's this difference, like we said at the very beginning. There are some things that are really natural to us of some of these fruits, and then there are others that they're not so natural, so they need to be cultivated. And you see him wrestle with that in this statement in response to the conflict that he has with some of these churches in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, but with the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. And then he gives this rhetorical question. Shall I come to you with a whip or, uh, or should I come to you with love and gentleness? It's like this dialogue within himself that he puts out in front and says, okay, so I, I should come to you with a gentle spirit. That's actually the way I'm called to live and the way that I'm supposed to respond. Love and gentleness go together. Lack of love and a roughness of heart often come together. If I'm quicker, if I'm quicker to judge someone uh, in a moment instead of being curious about what led them there, I'm not revealing how bad the person is. I'm actually revealing how spiritually rough and fruitless I am. If that's how I navigate conflict, if that's how I navigate circumstances with people I disagree with or people who I think might actually be wrong, if I navigate them immediately jumping to a judgment without having any curiosity of what even led us to this moment, then I'm actually revealing how rough my spirit actually is. I'm not revealing anything about them. And Paul uses this term again in Galatians chapter 6, which is probably on the same page for most of your Bibles. Galatians chapter 6 Verse 1, he keeps using this term of gentleness. He says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. People who are truly spiritual. Are gentle people. Whose goal is. Restoration and not judgment and condemnation of a person who is caught in a transgression. Even if they're caught, we already know you did it. The gentle person says, but I want restoration for you more than judging what you've done. The Christian who is not allowing the spirit to cultivate gentleness says, hey, they blew it. Tough crap. They blew it. Let them pay for what they did. The spirit-cultivated Christian says, hey, I remember that. I remember needing that grace that you need right now. Is there a way that I could help a fallen person get back on the right path so that they could journey with us and keep going forward? Pride makes that real tough, though, right? Uh, pride makes that real hard uh, because pride says, I want to know that I am better than you because if I believe and can know that I'm better than you, then I can validate stomping on you whenever I want. Humility, though, is gentle in the way that Paul writes about it. Paul realizes in humility realizes that I need the gentle love of God for the times I've been caught in transgression. If I'm really going to survive this life, I've needed that grace. I have needed that restoration in my life. This is the reminder in Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 4 when he says, "Be completely humble and gentle, be patient." Again, Tying patience with gentleness is really interesting. Bearing with one another in love. Patience and gentleness are intertwined. They come together. Now, I already mentioned one thing. It's very general about fruit. Secondly, a second thing that is very general understanding about fruit is that they very often grow in clusters. You very rarely see fruits grow in isolation. The same is true of the fruits of the spirit. You will notice in this list how often they are very well connected. The fruits are connected to, to each other. None of them operate in isolation of themselves. The funct- they function together. The fruits of the spirit have to connect with other fruits of the spirit. And they function together. These fruits working together are very powerful in changing the world around us, when the fruits work together. And you'll notice that as you read through. When they work in harmony, it is a beautiful, powerful thing, when the fruits of the Spirit work in harmony with one another. Gentleness doesn't sound very powerful. I mean, really, doesn't sound very powerful in our life and in our culture, particularly. When it's united with other fruits, though, it is incredibly powerful and can change incredible things. Gentleness is just not popular. It's not a popular virtue in our culture. The power of brute force is what produces our heroes. The power of brute force is what produces our heroes and our villains in our culture. We love to see our heroes solve problems instantly with a gun or a fist. And we muddy the line between Hollywood and real life. Most of our Hollywood heroes would be locked up for life with the damage that they do in a day. And it may be good entertainment, but it is worthless as a guide to good living. And I wish that we noticed the difference. But All right. Can can I be honest with you? Right? I mean, we're friends now. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure anymore that Christians are a whole lot different from the world around them. I'm just not so sure that we are different in the way that we live our lives among other people. And we are just as critical as others and sometimes more. A lot of times more. It could very well be, I think, that Christians at this point uh, in our culture have no impact in our culture because we are doing things and operate operating on the same cultural values as everyone around us. We operate in the same cultural values rather than operate out of the biblical Christian values that we see in Scripture. And before you amen me on that, let me be very clear. We use the same weapons that the world uses, and I mean that literally and figuratively. We use the same weapons, the same forces of power that the world uses, and we aren't using the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to make change in the world. We look like everything else, the way that Christians operate in our world today the power of gentleness is so rarely tried that i don't even re- that we don't even realize what we could do we don't even realize what we could actually change and accomplish in this world because we don't even try to use these things i've heard it said by christians in my life close to me that there are so many There are so many evil powers in the world right now that we have to be rough. We have to deal with them with violent language. We have to fight with weapons that they understand. We have to fight for our rights against foolish people, PC. But Paul gives instructions on how to do that. He gives instructions to Timothy for how to deal with people who aggravate you and disagree with you and don't. Uh, and don't have your best in mind. In, first, in Second Timothy 2, he says, don't, give, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not attack, that's different words, but not resentful, those who oppose him must ge- he must gently instruct the people who oppose him in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. p c are you saying Are you actually saying that we can't stand up, fight for our rights with people who disagree with us, and we have to just be kind all the time? No, I'm not saying that The Bible is But I'm not Again, we see gentleness as a key ingredient To dealing with the problems around us I can't help I can't help but look at Jesus I I, I don't know how else to I don't know how else to navigate The things that confuse me in this world I just don't The things that make this world difficult to live, I don't know what else to do than to look at Jesus for the clarification and all the things that confuse me in this life. Jesus had incredible power. He had the power. He could have, like, zapped people into conformity of God's will. All he had to do was, like, whatever he had to do. He has power to do it, but he didn't. Jesus had incredible power to, to put people into conformity of God's will, but he didn't over and over again. Jesus used love and persuasion. He didn't compel people to follow him. He invited people to follow him. He invited people. He called people to him. I, I, I don't even, I, I, I just have to wonder What kind of things could we change in this world if we just invited more people to sit and to come to us, come with us, instead of attacking the people that we don't like and don't don't agree with? I just don't understand because we don't do it. But I just wonder, what could be different if I invited more people to my space to sit with me? Help me understand why why you do this. Help me understand why you think this way. I mean yeah, I can't. There's too much going on in this world right right this moment. That I just don't know what I just don't know how it would be different if people invited people to sit and chat and talk. Yeah. Um Jesus didn't compel people, he invited people. He called people and some did, many did not. But even when they didn't, he gently treated people with dignity and respect at all turns. He respected their right to say no to him. He didn't say to the rich young ruler who walked away after his call to come and follow, the rich young ruler walked away, and Jesus didn't say, you're an idiot, get back here, pick up your cross and follow me. But instead, when someone walked away from Jesus' call, Jesus weeps for the person, and he lets him walk his way. Jesus didn't force himself on another person or another person to follow. He might have had a greater following, maybe, if he did some of the tactics that we use today to make others feel guilty and ashamed. He might have had a bigger following, but Jesus chose gentleness over and over again. One last thing about fruit. In general, we've already talked about two things being uh, that fruits, some fruits will come naturally and grow naturally in certain circumstances that need to be cultivated and really cared for for other fruits in that same circumstance. And that's going to be true for our fruits of the Spirit. Also, we talked a little bit about how um, the fruit often grows in clusters. Gentleness may not be super powerful on its own. When it is in harmony with patience and with self-control and with love in general, when those things start to come into harmony, that it's a very powerful force in a culture who doesn't live like that. The last thing about fruit, and generally, is that it grows silently and quietly. It grows gently. The spiritual gifts in that list they can be loud. Some of the spiritual gifts can get get attention, they can be loud, but the fruits of the spirit grow as quietly as natural fruit does. When fireworks go off, you know it. You can hear, you can see the explosions in the sky. We know when someone is in danger or is is hurt or sick, you can see and hear the sirens of an ambulance on their way to help. Growing up in the Midwest, I knew when weather was about to get severe. Because the blaring sirens would warn of tornadoes also every Friday at 11 o'clock. They would also warn of, like, possibility they would test the sirens is what I'm saying. The presence of a lot of things are known by the noises that they produce. But I venture to guess that none of you has been awakened from a dead sleep in the middle of the night and say, Will you listen to the noise? That the apple trees are making. The apples are growing again. And they won't shut up about it. No, of course not. Because fruit grows silently. It grows quietly and gently. And so do the fruits of the spirit as they really grow within us. And as they are cultivated within us. They come about, the fruits of the Spirit that you've been looking at this whole time, they come about and they grow as the Holy Spirit gently nudges you closer and closer to Jesus. Because the closer you get to Jesus, to the heart of Jesus, to what he really demands of our lives, and as you pray for more guidance and more cultivation of these fruits in your life, the fruits begin to grow quietly and silently to the point where... They become more natural to you. But it happens along the way. And I have to stay close. And sometimes it takes intentional cultivation of some of the fruits that don't come naturally to me because that's not me in my natural state. But I want to see more of the fruits in my life because I know when they work together, I could change the world around me. I could actually have an impact on this world that is drastically different than the biblical values that I esteem and that I hold high in my life. But I have to live differently than the rest of the values that I see. If I'm going to say, well, that's not biblical values anymore. No, that's true. But uh, neither are some of the values that we as Christians are putting forward. So I'd rather us look more and more like this, silently cultivate, get closer and closer to the Holy Spirit, and ask that the Holy Spirit work these things into my life so that I can live differently than the world around me, so that I can treat people with gentleness and invite people to my space as opposed to judging and condemning people who are caught in some sort of transgression. Consider all of the things that I can. That's all I got. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then Matt, Matt's going to take it from there, I think. All right, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for uh, another opportunity to be here. Uh, just I, I love this place. And, uh, and I know that uh, you are always doing incredible work everywhere, uh, but this place just has, like, an eye for you, and they seem to constantly look for you. Uh, so God, I just praise you for what you do here at Solano Valley, in uh, the individual lives of those who attend here, but also in the families that are represented here. Uh, you just you do incredible work here, God, and we, uh, uh, we just can't do anything but praise you and to give you honor for those things. Um, as you continue to cultivate, these things that we are thinking about and that we are processing over the last few weeks, as far as the fruits, uh, I ask God that you would that you would put those in me, that you would cultivate those fruits that don't come naturally to me. Uh, I just I just give myself to you and ask that you would that you would work those things in my life because I don't know how to do them by myself. I need I need you to work them into the soils of my heart so that I can grow and be more gentle because it's not natural to me. So I praise you for who you are, and we will continue to give you praise and honor and glory forever. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Wow. Thank you, PC. That was awesome. If you guys aren't friends with PC on Facebook, I would recommend finding him because he has a lot of really... um, Interesting things to say. A lot of them are very funny. I wonder where, how his brain works, but <laughs> he's very wise for his age, and um, I'm so glad he's here with us to share with us about gentleness. Um, I have, my name's Jen, sorry. Hi, everybody at Facebook, and you too. Welcome. Um, I just wanted to share something with you guys really quick. I know for me, like when he was talking about people crying over stuff, I've been crying a lot over what's happening in Ukraine. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it hurts to see what's going on. and so my brother this morning sent my mom and I, we have a group text. he sent us this verse, and I just wanted to share it with you guys because it's hard when we feel like what's what is going on and why can't what why we can't do anything about it. So this was just a reminder to me that who's really in charge and that this is at mark 137. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be frightened. Those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. And so I was like, wow, that's not the end. God is going to win. He wins in the end. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world that God is in control of all of it. So I just want to remind you guys of that if you're feeling like, wow, things feel spiraled out of control right now. They're not for God. They're not spiraled out of control for him. So we just have to hold on to him. Um, so I have quite a few announcements. Let me try to be as quick as I can. Technology. Okay. All right. So the first thing that we always like to touch on is connection. Connection is one of our core values as a church here. And if you have not joined a small group, I would just, again, recommend that you do that. If you're a lady who hasn't joined a group, we're actually meeting today in the living room at 4 o'clock, our women's group. We're studying the book of Galatians, and so if you want to, like, jump in, you're welcome at any time. It doesn't matter how long the groups are meeting. Please come and join us at 4 o'clock today. There's also co-ed groups that meet throughout the week. If you want more information, go to our app or our SVC website. Another great way to connect is to contact Pastor Gary or Pastor Matt. They always are down for a cup of coffee. So if you have questions about things, spiritual things, walking in the spirit, and you want a deep conversation with them, you're curious, just like what PC said, they would love to meet with you and talk with you over a cup of coffee. So reach out to them. You can find their contact information on the app or on the uh, website as well. Another way to connect is through ministry teams. We need people to teach our young people. We need people who are interested in our youth. We need people who want to help with our coffee ministry and with our refreshments that we have. We need people back there running our sound our sound and our video. If any of these things appeal to you or if you just want something to do and feel like you want to serve, please reach out. We need your help, and we would love to connect with you in that way. Um, we are going to be starting a new series on the book of Exodus. We want to let you know about a few things coming up soon. Pastor Gary is beginning his... Uh, Book, a series on the book of Exodus in a few weeks. Exodus is truly an epic book in the Old Testament telling the story of how God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. You won't want to miss a single week of this series. Coming up on March 13th, we have our next revival prayer gathering here at 6.30 in the evening. It's a way for us to pray corporately together. And um, Right now, we have a lot of things going on in our community and especially in our world. And so um, I would just encourage you to come together. If you don't want to pray out loud, we're not going to make you get on stage and pray. You can pray quietly in your spirit. But it's a way for us all to be together in agreement and to just ask God to intervene in what's going on with us and in our world. Easter Sunday is coming up. On Easter, we celebrate that just when it seemed like Jesus' life was over, he defied every odd and rose from the dead. Praise God for that. We celebrate how God redefined love and how the resurrection help, helps us to rethink hope on Easter Sunday. For Easter Sunday, which is going to be April 17th, we have two action points for you. First, we would encourage you to invite a family member, friend, or neighbor to join us for our 10 a.m. service. We have these cards on our back table out there. We can use these as an invite card. So if you have a neighbor or a friend and you want to invite them for Easter, that's a great opportunity to invite somebody. Please take a few of those cards and invite Try reaching out and inviting someone to church. Uh, You can use these invite cards. I just said that. Secondly, we encourage you to invite that person or that family not only to church, but to have them over for lunch, either at your house or at a restaurant. The dining room table or the kitchen table has a way of breaking down barriers and building bridges of friendship and trust. We invite you to begin thinking and praying about who you can invite that weekend. And just like PC said, it's it's good to take time to talk, to talk to people, to ask them questions, to find out where they're at, why they think the way that they think, to be gentle in the way that we communicate with each other. Um, Okay, now we're going to uh, go through our worship through giving. There are several ways that we can worship God through our giving here at Solano Valley. The first way is we can visit our website at www.solanovalley.org backslash giving. You can tap the word GIVE to the the GIVE button on the SVC app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road in Fairfield, California, 94534. You can text the word GIVE to 707-883-3019. Or if you're here in person, you can place your offering in the silver slot on the back wall. Thank you guys so much. I hope you all have a great week.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Jen. Well, I want to invite us to stand one last time and sing um, and, and just put our hearts in a grateful position, grateful for the gentleness of God, grateful for uh, Jesus choosing gentleness over choosing to be non-gentle, as, as PC said. Uh, one thing I want to mention uh, before we do this, uh, uh, this closing song is uh, uh, Judy Bowie. Hey, Judy. Hey. Judy has taken on the monumental task of updating our database with everyone's uh, contact information. So you may be getting a call from her sometime soon uh, regarding, uh, you know, just, just clarifying your address, phone number, stuff like that, because we just want to have everyone's uh, updated uh, contact information. So, uh, Judy, thank you so much for, for doing that and for, for volunteering. We're very grateful. All right. Speaking of grateful great segue yes. Here we go. All right. PC thank you again for all of your hard work that you put into that and for sharing the truth with us very grateful thank you.
2: this is the day that you have made Whatever comes, I won't complain,
1: for all my hope
2: is in your name, and now your Your hope awaits from praise. praise. Give thanks. I give thanks for all you have done, and I will sing your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. I am grateful. When I was down, You brought me out. You set my feet on higher ground. So here I stand. You are my God. faithfulness solid rock. We give thanks. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is a Lord, I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done. I won't forget all the battles you Love isn't failing but I am grateful
0: are you grateful this morning for his love, for his gentleness for his mercy and grace let's sing it one more time
2: I give thanks for all you have done I will sing of your mercy and your love, your love isn't failing I am grateful I give thanks for all you have done
1: I won't forget
2: all the battles you have won your love is unfailing Lord I am grateful
0: thank you so very much for being here today we encourage you to choose gentleness Choose to live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. And we'll see you next time.